Well, good morning. It is great to be with you today. If you want to follow along, there are some sermon notes, and those are on the church app. You can find them there. I'm uh, Reverend Nicole Riley. I am uh, your guest preacher, and uh, even though your pastor is here, <laughs> I am your guest preacher today as he continues to do other things that are important, and we're so blessed to have you here, Andy, and do music with Aubrey today, so thank you. So we are continuing our series, Come to the Table, and we are talking about the times that Luke has Jesus at table with people, variety of ways, shapes, and forms, and over our series, we've been talking about a variety of connections Jesus makes with different people. And today we're talking about this theme of service and how Jesus serves. So I, I want to start off with a very corny story. And I'm going to tell you the story, but you have to promise to laugh, okay? At the first service, they didn't get the memo. <laughs> and it was hard for me to recover and do the rest of the sermon. So promise me you'll laugh, you will laugh, okay? Here's the story. There is a man who spent his summers cutting wood for his cabin. He had this trusty axe and he always used it. It was like an extension of him. But one of his friends said, you know what, you really need a chainsaw. That would get the job done so much quicker. And so he thought, okay, I'm open to new things. So he went to the store, he got a chainsaw, he brought it, he spent the day using it to cut wood. And he just thought, this just isn't for me. I'm going to return this. And so he takes it back to the store and he says to the guy, you know, I just didn't find this help. I can cut more wood with my axe. And the guy said, really? Well, that's surprising. Let me check it. Maybe there's a problem with it. And so he looks at it and yeah, it's got oil and yeah, the chain is on it and everything looks good. So he stops for a minute and he goes, let me just check one more thing. And he pulls the cord on the side and the man who brought it in says, what is that noise? <laughs> okay, today we are talking about service, and service is the missing component in many a Christian's life, and because it is missing, we may find ourselves in our life and our faith a lot like that chainsaw whose power cord has never been pulled. So let's look at that together, and we'll start with our text. This is Luke 22. When it was time, Jesus sat down, all the apostles with him, and said, You've no idea how much I've looked forward to eating this Passover meal with you before I enter my time of suffering. It's the last one I'll eat until we all eat it together in the kingdom of God. Taking the cup, he blessed it. Then he said, Take this and pass it among you. As for me, I'll not drink wine again until the kingdom of God arrives. Taking bread, he blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body given for you. Eat it in my memory. He did the same with the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant written in my blood, blood poured out for you. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This text 
is one of the most, if not the most, familiar meal that Jesus shares with his disciples. And it's one that may sound familiar to you. If you're here on a communion Sunday, we take this scripture and it is what becomes the liturgy. It is how Jesus shares with us about his self-giving sacrifice, his service. And he calls his disciples to do the same, to live out their lives in this model of self-giving service. I thought about this, and I was thinking about how this text is, of course, foundational for us all. And this ministry that Jesus calls us to, this service of one another, is so foundational, but there's things that happen in life that kind of stop us from living into that. As I was thinking about communion in particular, I was thinking about what it was like during COVID when we shared communion. Do you remember those days, right? If you were here in this church or another church or no church at all, it was very different during that time. First, we moved communion into our homes. These are some screenshots people posted of communion during that time. We used whatever we had on hand. And if we lived alone, we served the bread to ourselves. If we lived with others, we shared the bread together. And then we moved into what we called drive-through communion, where people would come by on a Wednesday and pick up a loaf of bread. Lisa at Braid Halla SCV was our baker, and she made these beautiful loaves for us during this time. And then slowly, we moved back into the sanctuary for communion, and remember those amazing and delicious prepackaged elements? <laughs> Were they just like totally your favorite? I especially loved the ones that the chalice was on one side with the juice and on the other side was the bread because if you opened the chalice first, you had to drink that because if you didn't, you poured it on yourself. Yeah. Then, eventually, we started offering some different options. We still had that for people who were comfortable with that. And then we also started breaking bread and giving it to people. And I remember the impact that had when we went back to that, especially as we moved from masking to people wearing masks less often and getting to actually see people as they came forward, breaking the bread and serving each other, holding out the cup and serving one another. It was foundational to our relationship, and I'd love to know how it felt for you all, but I know that what I had missed the most when we went back to communion was not that the bread got better. What I missed was the f looking at each other in the face and seeing each other and serving one another and how powerful that is. Jesus calls us to serve one another, to care for one another, to make a difference for one another. Jesus calls us to serve one another because it is a key component of our faith and life. So I invite you to think about a time in your life where you started to see the connection between your faith and serving other people.
Now, a memory might just come immediately to your mind, or you might have to search. I know I had to search and think, what was it, when was it, that I started connecting, that I was a life, I was a person of faith, and I was living a life of faith, and I also was serving people. And when I thought about it, I realized that there was a time early in my life that had a profound effect on me. So I want to tell you that story. Um, I grew up in the 1970s in Westlake Village. And in my neighborhood, everybody kind of was the same. A lot of families with kids, except for one family in our neighborhood. They were a retired couple from Germany. And the man in the couple was a piano teacher. And so he became the piano teacher for all of us kids in the neighborhood. And so from the time I was nine years old until I was 12, he was my teacher. And his great love, in addition to the piano, appeared to be lava soap. Now, I don't know if you know lava soap. It's kind of like the Brillo pad of soaps. And every time I would go over for a lesson, he would take me into the bathroom and give me the lava soap and show me how to wash each and every finger before I touched his beautiful piano. So one day I went over for my lesson, and his wife opened the door. And she told me that he had died that night in his sleep. And she cried, and I cried, and I... I went home and I didn't quite know what to do. And then I noticed that over the next month or so, the outside of his house started looking pretty unkept. He was the gardener in the family. He mowed the lawn, he pulled the weeds, and things were not being kept up. And it looked worse and worse. And one day I was sitting in church and I thought to myself, you know, Jesus calls us to care about people and to serve. So maybe I could do something about this house and about the situation. And so I gathered my siblings. I am the oldest of four. I was 12. My brother was 10. My other brother was eight and my sister was five. I got our lawnmower and some plastic bags. I got my trusty clippers and we went over there to clean up the front lawn. Now I knew I was in over my head right away. <laughs> I had never pushed a lawn mower before. I did know about the power cord though, I will say that. I had been a helper, I had always been my dad's helper, but I had never done all the yard work myself and so I knew I was in over my head right away. Eventually, all my siblings just left. <laughs> it was night before I got everything done. And when my piano teacher's wife came out, she cried and I cried. I don't know if she cried because it was so awful, but I'm sure it was pretty awful. But she cried because we cared. People in the neighborhood cared for her. Now, I was exhausted, and I was sweaty, and I was overwhelmed, but I knew that something had changed in me in that day. Because I think it was probably the first time in my life that I had put someone else and their needs before my needs. It's the first time I had 
seen a need that was even beyond what I knew I could do, and I tried to fill it. It was the first time, and it had a profound effect on my life. So think about your own life. Think about how you connected your faith and service together. It may not be the first time, but it may be the last time you did that. The last time you went beyond yourself, maybe beyond what you were comfortable with, beyond what you knew, beyond uh, what your skill set was. If you're someone who serves, there's one thing you will learn that surprises you, and it's this. Service doesn't just change those who receive the service. It changes those of us who give the service. We are changed when we serve other people. And so I thought it would be good to hear from one of us about some service. So Bradley, I'd like to invite you to come on up. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you, your name, and how long you've been here, and a little bit about your family. Sure. My name is Bradley Smith, for those that don't know me. Hello. Hello. Um, I first attended the church back in March of 2018. I was visiting Sydney's family for spring break for the first time, and uh, we came in here one Sunday. But I was still attending university at the time, so headed back to Montana afterwards. And then the pandemic happened, and Sydney's family was gracious enough to host me for the next couple of years, and um, I started attending this church full-time. So that is my California family, the Hilds, and then my other family is spread all across the United States. We got them in Maryland, Kentucky, Florida, North Dakota, going to Texas. Wow. So that's a little bit about me and my, my family. So tell me about how you serve here at the church. The most regular way I serve is kid zone during majority of the year. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I was approached about kid zone back in the summer of 2020, I want to say. Back was, when it was, was it Ellen? Was it Ellen? It was Ellen. Yeah. And I had no idea who Ellen was at the time. But this woman came up to me and put her arm around my shoulder and said, so I hear that you're good with, with kids. And uh, we really do need some, some men in the kid zone clubs to be guides for the children. And I thought that it was going to be a occasional assistance <laughs> yeah. at the time. And, and quite honestly, I joined out of reluctancy because there was a need for uh, guides at the time. But as time progressed, I work with the scooters, by the way. They're the, they're the youngest group at KidZone, and they're also, uh, coincidentally, the cutest group at KidZone as well. And those kids just have a way of affecting you. Um, you know, you come from work, you're kind of exhausted, yeah. and then you ask the kid what the best part of their day was, and the sincerity and simplicity of their answers is rejuvenating in a way, enlightening in a way, and it, and it allows you to take a step back and not focus so much on all the burdens you're facing, but rather enjoy the good things that are happening for you at the time. 
Wonderful. Uh, tell me about how service and faith connects for you. So I, you know, I think a lot of people know about the love languages, um, or there was this book yeah. that came out yeah. quite a while ago, and I think my love language is acts of service. That's how I express um, love for others and those around me. And there's just something about providing that service that is nourishing for me internally and makes me feel solidified in the community. I don't think there are many better ways than to provide service for your church than to get to know your church better. I, th I yeah. think that's probably one of the best ways to do that in the community and the people within the church. Because prior, I mean, I was attending during COVID, so there wasn't a lot of interaction after right. service. It was, okay, see you later. And I didn't really know a majority of the people here. But as service became more involved, I got to meet lots of wonderful people, specifically the parents of the kids that attend Kids Zone. And um, outside of Kids Zone, like on Sundays, I'll have the mochas aren't here today, but I'll have Cole run up to me, say, hi, Mr. Bradley. I'll have Zoe run up to me, say, hi, Mr. Bradley. It's just a very, um, it's nice to know that you're making an impact on these children's lives, that they recognize you outside of your red t-shirt on Wednesday nights, yeah. and that they remember the things that you talk about outside of the classroom as well, so. That's wonderful. Let's thank Bradley. Okay, so a couple things I want to tell us all about service. And the first is this, service isn't optional. Yes, I know, we are all busy and we are all tired, right? But following Jesus is about serving other people. Now, it may look like Kid Zone. You might have the time and energy for that, and I hope you do because it's an amazing experience. Or you may just be somebody who can't give a regular commitment, but you're good at noticing when someone's dealing with difficulty, and you're a good cookie baker, so you serve them that way. Or maybe you're someone who gets connected to someone who's no longer driving, and you make a difference by helping them out. Or you spend a day at the Santa Clarita grocery, or you help out at the soundboard, or you work in the children's ministry, or you help as an usher and a greeter. People of faith are more likely to serve than other people. Pew Research Center recently released a study that said that people of faith are more engaged with their extended family more likely to volunteer, more involved in their community, and here's a quote, generally happier with the way things are going in their lives. Because we follow Jesus, we serve. We want to be part of the solution in the world. Number two, service adjusts our attention. You know, one of the issues that we deal with in the world is that as people, it is very common for us to make ourselves the center of the world. Now, I'm not saying 
that you're not special and important because you are all very special and important. What I am saying though is I notice when I focus too much on myself, life becomes less satisfying and I become more anxious and more picky about the things around me. When we serve, it stops that. It takes our attention off of ourselves and it puts our attention on other people and that is good for our emotional health, that is good for our mental health. You know, one of the things in our world today is that the world tells us over and over that we are not enough. The world says that we're not smart enough, we're not wise enough, we don't have enough things, we don't look the way people are supposed to look, our education isn't good enough, our car isn't new enough. And because the world is constantly telling us we are not enough, we become obsessed with ourselves and we may think, I'm not enough. How would I make any kind of a difference in the world? Service adjusts our attention and reminds us we are enough. We have enough and we can invest in the world and in others and their needs. Third, you, yes you, not the person next to you, you were given gifts to make the world a better place and you a better person. First Peter puts it this way, it says, each one should use whatever gift he or she has received to serve others, faithfully, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Service is what pushes us beyond our comfort level, beyond what we know, and that calls us to rely more on God. When you were asked to do things that you don't know you can do, you don't believe you can do, God shows up in your life and makes up for what you have to offer. God gets in the midst of that gap. You will find more life and you will find that you are created for more because God meets you in who you are. Many years ago, I was a pastor at a church that didn't have a lot of staff, and so I was doing a lot of the Bible study, and we were doing Disciple One, which is an over-30-week Bible study. And I said to the group that was in my Disciple One class, I said, you know what? I need one of you to step up and lead disciple one so that I can do a new group with disciple two. And they all knew that disciple one was over 30 weeks and so they all looked at me like a deer in the headlights. And then someone spoke up and said, I just don't think that any of us feels that we have the understanding of the Bible that we could teach disciple one. And I understood that comment but I disagreed with it a little bit because I shared with them, you know how I learned about the Bible? By teaching the Bible. Anything you want to learn about, you will learn about it when you have to teach it for sure. That's often how we learn the best when we know that we're going to then be teaching. Now, this is the reason you came to church today, what I'm going to say next. Are you awake and ready for it? Okay, here it is. Put it up on the screen. 
God doesn't call the equipped. God equips the called. What this means is, God doesn't say, here are all these gifts that I've given you, now go use them. No, God says, I've called you to do this, start moving into it, and I will equip you as you show up and give of yourself. God doesn't call the equipped. God equips the called. In the case of the Bible study, one of the women said to me, well, I do want to know the Bible better, so I will teach the class. And she did. And her life and her faith changed forever. One last thing. Pastor Fred Craddock had an illustration one time about Christian life and service that really stuck with me over these years. So I want to share it with you. He talked about how all of us go through times in our life where we have such a powerful experience of God that we want to give our lives back to God, that we're so moved by God. We're like, God, take my life. I want to, I want to give you who I am. I want to serve you with all I have. It might be that we're baptized as an adult and we have this experience, or, or we join the church and we have this experience, or, or maybe we go to a retreat or we go to camp and we have this experience. It's like we think of our life as like a $1,000 bill, and we want to just lay it in front of God and say, here, take my life. But the reality is, it's more like that $1,000 bill is cashed into quarters. And we put down 25 cents or 50 cents here and there throughout our lives as we serve, as we give. Serve at the food pantry instead of staying home. It's like we're putting down a quarter or volunteering at kids' own clubs instead of starting a new Netflix series, we're putting down 50 cents. Giving our money to a project at the church instead of buying yet another thing that we don't really need, we're giving another 25 cents. Mowing our neighbor's lawn instead of just our own, we're putting down 50 cents. Usually giving our life to Christ isn't a glorious thing. It's not done all at once. Instead, it's done with little acts of love. 25 cents, 50 cents at a time. It would be easy to give that $1,000 to God and say, you take it all. It's a big flash of glory kind of thing. It is much harder to live our Christian lives little by little, day by day. Yet that is where the power of the Christian life comes from. It is a muscle that needs a regular workout. Today, I wanted you to think about how you are serving. You know, I look out and know many of you, and I know that you are people who make serving a priority and giving a priority, and that makes a huge difference. 
But I also know that there are many of us who haven't quite got there yet. And so today I want to encourage you to make that commitment, to take that step, to volunteer, to give of yourself, to care. Because when we do, that is when the real power of God is made real among us. Let us pray.